some people like they're so scared that they're gonna embarrass themselves um or like look back and like they'll be like i'm gonna cringe if i do this so i'm just not gonna do anything you know because like you can't be embarrassed if uh you just lay in bed all day yeah the problem with that is like that's a very empty life you know and like life is like what makes life beautiful is like the risks you take or like the mistakes you make right it enriches it and then it like lets you it gives you a greater understanding and appreciation for like the stuff you do to see that hey guys welcome back to another episode of nuance nonsense uh this is your uh co-host alex your other co-host ben and we're uh yeah we're not experts but we just like talking so yeah also not quite experts on uh running podcasts from home so this will be if this episode goes live it is uh our first uh dive into the space yeah if it goes live that just means we really killed uh we really liked our content that we talked about yeah <laughs> it's uh i guess it's been a, it's been a month since we last recorded um so we're that's why we're testing out this new format uh i think it's like easier and faster um than like going to each other's houses but it's also a we're also practicing social distancing and doing this podcast. So it's, it's two birds with one stone. But yeah. I think uh, if this turns out well, we might be able to, you know, actually pump out more episodes because this involves less editing. Um, I still haven't uploaded a lot of episodes in our backlog because your boy is just really lazy and he doesn't have time to edit. To be fair, though, by the time this episode comes out, all of the ones that we we're talking about in the backlog will probably be pushed out first. Yeah, because we feel bad for a guest. But let's just say that it's like this is April right now. So this might be coming out in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> What's really interesting is that uh like we do like the aspect of being there in person. I think it adds like a, a little extra something, like talking in person as opposed to this, but I think this is uh the only way forward at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It'll uh I think even if the situation like calms down, like I still think like this might be like the future for, you know, our podcast too. Um, Cause mainly like it's an easy way to like still host something together that is just online, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're probably going to be doing this after graduation. Uh, mainly cause we, we figured that, Oh, zoom is a really easy way to do it. And uh, looking at, how everything's getting canceled there's not much to do anyway so we'll be having a lot of free time on our hand but yeah today is a a podcast in hopes of return to normalcy because now our new normal is right now it is 2 a.m and that is my normal now (laughs) oh yeah what time do you usually sleep okay yesterday i went to sleep at like 5 a.m previous day like 6 a.m Day before that, like 3 a.m. <laughs> Dang, you, uh, 365. Like, I think it's, like, gotten so bad. Yeah, yeah, me too. I slept, uh, yeah, I've been sleeping pretty late. I've been sleeping at, like, 4.30, 5.30. One time, I think I fell asleep at 6. Like, I've basically been actually sleeping at when, like, people wake up to go to work. Yeah, see. Uh, i just been waking up at, like, 130 basically what's even crazier is that like some of my friends i know they're like literally sleeping at like the time the sun is up so it's like they're completely switched on their schedule 
Like they're not even sleeping when it's dark. They're sleeping. Yeah, I had uh, one of my friends told me that her sister sleeps at like nine or something <laughs> like 9 a.m. and woke up at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. I'm like, bro, she's literally sleeping at like working hours. Like that's her job. <laughs> the thing is like we have so much freedom to do so because there's like, I, I, okay, I'm only speaking for myself, but it feels like school there's like less stakes involved now that everything has moved online, even though it's the same exact thing. It just feels like, I don't know. It just feels like I have more agency to do nothing. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that. Honestly, it feels unfair when I have to do work. Like this is not what I, I this is not what I, I was promised, you know, like I, school has gotten a lot harder. Like we're, we, uh, we have like about three weeks off to school or two and a half basically. But mm-hmm. like, these two and a half weeks, I'm going to be grinding a lot. And I'm only taking three classes because both of my classes just, or my, both of my CS classes decide that like, like, oh, you have to do everything. You have to like make this like project, like with like minimal, like manpower in like two weeks. And then like some other classes, like the professor retired. So we have a new professor now and she's like, yeah, I'm going to teach this course a lot more in detail. So yeah, I've basically just been scrambling this whole time. So it's been an L, but hopefully, uh, I don't even know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can graduate. And the one good thing about the situation is that, you know, it's really stripped away the sentimentality of college. So before I'd be a little sad that like, oh, like semester's about to end. I'm going to not be a college student anymore. But now I'm like, yes, semester's about to end. I don't take any more fucking classes. Because to me, the social experience of college, the way we knew it, kind of just ended when spring break happened, you know? Yeah, it literally just got, like, full stop, like, period. Yeah. So, honestly, like, I feel like we're basically preparing for post-grad life socially right now. Like, like we don't see our friends. Like, we kind of have to keep up with each other, like, through, like, FaceTime or, like, Messenger, you know, texting. So... Yeah, if anything, I'm just like, I just, just want to graduate and then we'll see. We'll see whenever I start work. Yeah. Just For me? Oh, do you have more? Uh, no, nah, that's really about it. Okay. I was just going to say like the social experience, like I feel like the norm of the social experience is just like Zoom parties now or like yeah. just parties over online space. Oh, for sure. Like Netflix party, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, I know maybe I've been pretty creative with like the online games I've been playing. Like someone, someone uh, in one of our, the group chats I'm in were like, who wants to play COVID Monopoly? And <laughs> they gave like a link to like covidmonopoly.com. And I was like, what the fuck? Wait, and what is the difference? Uh, I think it's just COVID themed. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't play. I was too busy trying to finish my homework that was due tonight. It's been an L. It's been an L for Alex. Yeah. There's other stuff like there's like people wanted to play like code names or something and they have like a website for code names. I was doing that just before this. It is so yeah. like if you have competitive friends, it's really fun. It's actually pretty fun if you like if you get along with them already. But you you, you should probably zoom as well. It's pretty funny seeing the people's faces. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of online party games. So people are being creative in this situation, which is cool. Hopefully by the time this episode's out, uh we can return to in-life party games, but fingers yeah. crossed. Hopefully. Uh, do you think the virus will slow down because it will get hotter? I don't know how realistic that is. 
maybe by the time the future rolls around, my this question will be answered immediately. But I don't predict that, but I don't have like medical knowledge to do so. I just think that like it's hard to plan for any sort of like future that is certain right now. So I think you just got to take like week by week, day by day, like as as little steps as you can make them. That's how you should plan your life right now because it's super unpredictable and at the current moment in time like uh this is like late april there's like starting to become like unrest oh yeah there's protests yeah yeah i don't know like i i want it to be true <laughs> that means that it'll be over real soon but part of me is skeptical because i was like this virus still spread in like the southern hemisphere and technically it was hot during that time when it was cold for us yeah but I'm also, I was part of me that's giving me hope. I was like, okay, it didn't spread that much. Cause it's not like people, it's like people still get the flu in the summer, you know? It's yeah, just yeah. like, it's like more prevalent in like the winter. That's why it's called flu season. So I was like, I was like, maybe there's a chance, but like, I don't know. My dad's like really banking on that theory. Cause it's like, that's what happened with like SARS and I think maybe MERS. But it's also like completely different. Cause like we could contain those, you know? But like we can't contain, you can't contain COVID-19. It's already everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I just, like, I really hope, like, it slows down or something. And then, like, I don't know, we can, like, actually go out to eat in restaurants or, like, do stuff aside from, like, aside from, like, Zoom parties. Like, the other day, I guess me and a friend, like, kind of hung out. But all we did was, like, we just went to get take. We went, like, we did drive through Waterburger, ate in the car, and then just, like, walked around his neighborhood. And I was like, yeah. This is pretty, it was actually pretty fun at the moment because I was literally in my house for like two weeks. But That's more than I've been doing. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you said you played like tennis, right? Sometimes, right? Yeah. After that, the courts got closed. And so, and then I just stopped going outside. <laughs> have you been in, have you literally been inside your house for like, have you not left your house for like two weeks or whatever? I would say like two and a half. Like it feels like my sense of time is really bad now because like, like I've like only you, been inside the house. Oh, like really? Like you haven't, like you literally haven't like stepped out. Yeah. Wow. Cause like I've, I've like, okay. So before I hung out with my friend, like the week before that, I like went out, but I didn't like go anywhere. I just like drove around like Frisco and like Plano. <laughs> Cause like, I was just like that bored, you know? And it was not, it was actually not that bad. Like it was, I felt kind of free. I was like trying to get the prosper. And then I realized prosper is actually kind of far from where I live. So it, yeah, it basically ended up being like a 45 minute drive. That's pretty good. Yeah. But other than that, like I actually haven't really gone anywhere. Cause like they got more strict of grocery shopping, you know? Cause like now you yeah. actually have to practice like social distancing, only like one person go at a time and like, you probably shouldn't bring your whole family to go grocery shopping with you. But ever since that happened, like I've literally just been inside my house for like most of it. So like that time I hung out with my friend and then like walked around like his neighborhood. It was like the first time in a long time. So it was refreshing. Yeah. Hopefully we can, yeah, hopefully I can like do that occasionally still, but with school happening, I don't know. Yeah. Snuffs out all the good things in my life. <laughs> but yeah, so. speaking of being inside all the time, with all that extra free time, <laughs> able to watch a lot of YouTube analysis videos. 
And mm-hmm. that brings us on to one of our main topics today, yeah. which is, uh, so this is all came about from, I was watching a lot of analysis videos of the Monogatari series. If the viewers know what that is, it's basically like this long span series that's primarily dialogue based. And it's like set around this main character who like helps solve like various girls, like problems with like aberrations, which are just like, I guess spirits are just like random phenomena that happen to them. It's very similar to Bunny Girl Senpai, but in a way that's like more supernatural and more surreal because mm-hmm. the effects of these apparitions can be like wide spanning or just like affect a single person. And so yeah. f- to move forward from that, one of the arcs that happened later in the series is called Mayoi Juncture, or Jiangshi, which is basically like, it's centered around this one character. Mayoi means lost. And the character, her, she's called like the lost snail because she basically died, no spoiler warning, she died while she was like looking for her mom's house. And so what ended up happening is she became a wandering like spirit. And the main character runs into her and finds out she's a wandering spirit. She's no longer alive. And then like they, like he figures it out and then she rests in peace, but she still exists in their world because she's like, oh, you know, like, like I'm still an apparition, right? So I can still exist around. And so they just like have like funny times most of most of the time that she appears it's like comic relief but then this particular arc that centers around her is like about her like accidentally going to hell and then him following her and trying to rescue her and basically for a period of time in that arc she isn't there because she was like in hell and she didn't like wasn't just there anymore and so then like what ends up happening is like they have like this weird time skip thing Cause like, then they're like granted a wish. I don't remember exactly why, like the analysis video is more focused on like the consequences of like the wish. And the wish is that like, he went back in time to save her from dying that one day. And so what ends up happening is like, it causes a ripple effect, like butterfly effect. And it causes like, they go back to their timeline or they go back forward in time. What ends up happening is the whole world is like dystopian. Everyone is fucked. Like, so many people are dead. It's like a zombie apocalypse. And they're starting to wonder, like, why did this occur? Turns out that him saving her prevented him from going to talk to a person that very day. And then him not talking to that person, that person is like a, a very strong vampire. There's a lot of lore that's being missed by me quickly explaining this. But like the vampire is like, I'm going to destroy the world if someone doesn't like come like, you know, take me out of my misery. And then that day, Mayoi convinced him to go talk to her. But since she was alive and she wasn't an apparition, she wasn't there to tell him. And so he never went. And then the world just like got fucked because she, that happened. And so the end result is like, uh, like this whole debate on like essence versus existence. And the two things are like, if you're given like a, like any, like a certain state, like your body, like your, your soul, your essence is like, is fixed, right? And no matter what circumstance you're put into, you will still develop into a similar typed person. Do you repeat that? So basically, like, the essence argument of it is, like, your person, like, your soul, no matter what circumstance or, like, body state that it's put into, you'll eventually develop into that, like, fixed state, right? You'll become person A, no matter what type of, like, circumstance you put in or, like, you know, any type of thing you can change, you'll still become person A. Okay. Okay. As so opposed like, that's to existence, like, that's like your true self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to existence, which basically says your circumstances will determine whether you become person A, person B, person C. 
Okay. okay. So if you have circumstance A, you become person A. You have circumstance okay. B, you become person B, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, yeah. And so basically the argument for how this relates to that is the vampire is like wondering, like, it, like even though like I didn't do that in our timeline, like in this alternate timeline, I did do that. Like are my potential actions, like do they reflect on my character? And how this reflects into essence versus existence is that like, if, if you believe that like your essence determines your personality, that means that like she's technically responsible for her potential actions, right? Because her essence is fixed. She would have done it. Yeah. As opposed to existence, right? It, like if, if you take existence in that circumstance, then it was just circumstantial that she did that. Mm -hmm. And so then she was like thinking like, should I be responsible or like, should I feel bad that I was basically going to do this even though I didn't do it? And then that like that further brings on like the topic of like regrets in the series, right? And the series talks about like regret in a way that like they they link it back to this theory of like essence and existence, right? Because if you regret something and you could go back and change it like the main character did to like make that girl not die, like you basically arrive at a different, like you take a different path. So you arrive at a different you. Like the you that was created by going down the path you originally did was like the mistake or the thing, the regret, like made you into you. By fixing that and making it not exist or like happen in a different way, you arrive at a different state. And so they're like saying that, uh, like, like changing your regrets will change you as a person and will therefore change your future and your past. And they're basically saying like, like by basically saying all of this, like the main characters like are talking a bunch and they're just like, like what, which way is the right way to think, right? Because all of it is like a very downward spiral sort of way of thinking. Mm. And so the end result is that the main character is like, um, I, don't, I don't have the quote exactly pulled up, but it was basically, he was like, you know, we were just like idly chit-chatting, like having our normal dumb conversations. And he's like, we may make missteps or mistakes along the path that we take. But he's like, I'm glad that we made these mistakes and I'm glad we're walking this path and having this happy route that we're already on. Mm. And basically what the, like what he's trying to say, or the, what the author is trying to convey through the main character saying that is like, no matter like how much you regret something or how much like you wish something was changed in the past or like how much you wish like X, Y, or Z could have changed or could have happened, like you live in the present. And it's like the future is the future, right? And the past is the past. Like you can use your past to inform your future, but you shouldn't get too bogged down in like the small details of the past or the future, because then you might arrive at a different you that is not you. And the weight of your steps might not be your own. So like if you walk forward with like your own steps now and you know that the weight is your own, then it's like, you know, you're creating your own path and you like that the you that is existing now is perfectly fine. Mm. That was really long winded, but like, yeah, yeah. basically so the long story short is, like you don't need to like think about your regrets too much because it's just going to bog you down and prevent you from thinking about what's like really important in the moment. Mm, yeah. What do you, so it sounds a lot like nature versus nurture, you know, the it argument. Does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Um, Cause like it's the way it's presented is like, it's kind of like a paradigm, right? Like you're kind of like leaning toward like two choices, basically. Like, do you want to live your life? Like you believe that, 
that you are in essence, like you will, you will do things the way that, you know, you were programmed to do. And like, this is your true nature. Um, it's almost kind of like, you know, it's like when the, like Luke finds out, like he's like Darth Vader's son or something. <laughs> he's like terrified because he's like, does that mean evil is destined to be like beyond me? Or same thing with like Harry Potter when he's like, he finds out that like, uh, like the, the sorting hat wanted him to be, um, put in Slytherin or whatever or like he finds like he has a part of Voldemort inside him and he's just like does that mean I'm destined for evil and then Dumbledore's like no it's the choices that we make that define who we are or something like that you know and that's kind of like the other side of the of the picture where it's um where it's um your circumstances define who you are right I guess that the choice the choices quote is like more of a like a positive yeah I'll look on the choice on the choice on the circumstances you make wow I think I think in the way it's originally framed, it kind of sounds like circumstances was much more like a, like a flip of a coin or like a more like, you never know, basically. Yeah. Like this person might become. But yeah. Was there like, did the, so the author kind of leaned much more towards like the choices, like philosophy, right? I think the author leaned, uh, maybe I explained it poorly, but like the author, like the end result is that he was leaning to like, he was like a little of both. He was trying to say that like, like no matter like what you want some of both like does that make sense like have you ever heard of like those twin studies where they're trying to determine nature versus nurture and they found out it was like there's factors of both yeah i think so yeah so basically the author is reflecting that in the sense he's like you don't want like your you don't want who you are to change with the wind like you want to have essence right but you also want your past experiences to reflect on who you are and like you want to learn from your mistakes yeah yeah i think that's like definitely true um but i think that's just like a case of extreme like like in general like you never want to go too extreme in one philosophy right um like there like i was like i was watching some like old sports videos a while back and um so like barcelona is like known to be like a really good soccer team right like, yeah like you like like even if you don't even know soccer like you know barcelona is good yeah, you know? yeah. so there was this era where like they had um it was called the the tiki taka guardiola era and that was like considered like one of their best teams um in modern history i don't know too much about old soccer so i don't want to say greatest team ever but basically like they were kind of on stay basically like they they had like it was like a beautiful like passing game they had, had possession all the time and like oh, is this the the samba soccer no not samba soccer Oh, okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. Because, like, I remember this is a very big tangent, but, like, I was taking a sports class one time, and they are talking about, like, uh, Brazilian soccer, or I don't even know what kind of soccer it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is straight up just, like, 100% Spanish. Like, the coach is Spanish. Most of the teams in uh, Barcelona at the time were Spanish. So, yeah. I'm skimming through Samba soccer, and it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it was basically like talking about like soccer that was like played very beautifully, like a dance or something like that. Yeah, I would say this isn't. This is more of like it's more of like an I want to say art. But it's like it's like you're. It's like it's like there's a more conscious effort into like, hey, we're playing soccer because it's a, it's like the beautiful game, you know. Mm-hmm. That we're inter- we're entertaining the fans, you know. And then like there's that philosophy where it's almost kind of like you want to love the. You want to love your goal, you know, you want to, how much do you love and care about your, like your dreams and aspirations? Like how much does that drive you towards success versus like how much 
or like there was this other team. So basically, like there's this other team, like Real Madrid is like a common like arrival against them. But like in one season, like they have the Champions League, where like all the best teams in Europe play against each other. See who's like the best in Europe, and Europe's considered the best in the world. So basically, who's the best in the world? So, um, one year, like in the semifinals of the Champions League, like they faced uh, Inter Milan, and their coach was like a guy called Jose Mourinho, and he's super pragmatic. He's his philosophy is just like, what does it take to win? You know, like I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You know, so he's like, how he got his players to like perform with like siege mentality. So it's like us versus them, is um as us versus the world. Like everyone's against us. Like, how much do you hate your enemy to per- perform your goal? And I realized, like, those are – so tying back to the talk, those are two very different philosophies, right? Because, like, for, like, loving, like, your like your aspirations, like, the goal, you know, like, how much do you believe in the goal? It's, like, that is, like – that takes a super long time to develop. And it's, like – um, yeah, honestly, like, you may not be passionate about something forever. So, like, you may be, like, you might fizzle out, right? But like, but that that will lead to like more stability long term. But like, like hating your enemy or like you know having the just like that competitive drive to like, the willing to take everyone down, you know, like that will get results a lot quicker. But it's like super tiring to like always be angry, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's why like a lot of sports teams like fall apart because like they can't, you know. Eventually, at some point, they just like they just lose that drive, right? It's like. You know, in terms of extremes, like you want to find like the balance. You know, you want to find like a middle in between. So, yeah, I feel like I can definitely see like, why the author was like trying to find like somewhere in the middle between like essence and like uh, existence. Um, I think it's just like I don't know. It's kind of like it's like people like on Twitter or Reddit will very ironically be like enlightened centrism because they're basically just like, oh, you don't have any opinions, like. You're just in the middle of everything. You think you're so wise. But honestly, like, I feel like that is the wise move. Like, you want to be in the, the middle because you want to be able to see all points and perspectives equally. Yeah, there's also a religion based on that. Like, it's not like a foolhardy way of thinking. It is like, it, yeah. it's, yeah. So, yeah, I can, I can see why. But I don't know. Do you do you personally lean more towards like one way or the other in terms of like existence or essence, like how you view people? I think my personal like happenstance is that I would lean slightly more to existence informing my essence, mostly because like I think I've been really shaped by like the experiences that have happened in my life, simply because I feel like I've had like very impactful experiences. Like I don't I like I feel like it's hard for me to like definitively say. I would be this way regardless of whether those like experiences happened in my life. Like, yeah. I think it would be a little too foolish to say that. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm the same too. Like, I definitely think like a lot of who I am has been shaped by like growing up in like North Plano in the upper middle-class family. Oh, same. With like loving, supporting parents. Um, I feel like I'd be very different, but I mean, kind of, I don't know. I think also part of it is just like, I feel like my worldview is like kind of shaped as like ironically shaped because it's shaped by the environment. Like this is my view. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I feel like we live in the living in like a Western culture and society. Like that's kind of what you're taught to like believe is that like everything is kind of happenstance and like, you know, very scientific. 
So I don't know. A part of me is like, I feel like if I lived in like maybe an Eastern culture or like, I don't know, like a more rural or African culture or something like that. Um, I'm not trying to say Africans are primitive, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like in a more, in a more uh, spiritual community, um, maybe I would believe more in essence, you know? Probably. Yeah. Cause in a lot of ways, like the whole idea of essence that was like depicted is like very much like, what, what is it? Like, what is your soul? Basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it kind of makes me want to like talk to more people from across the world of different cultures to see like, how would they view it? You know? Cause I think for us, it's like super like, of course it's like experience, right. Or existence. Like, like that just makes sense. But maybe for them, they're just like, of course it's essence, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, you know? But... Yeah. This was all brought on by like the idea of regret. Cause that, like that video, like talked about, like, don't, you know, don't regret the things like be grateful. They happen in your life. Like even bad things, like they can bring about like big change or like good things. And so like, I know it helped me get over like regrets I had in college and stuff like that, because like, there was like, I'm not going to say there was like a time of like big regret in my life, but it was more along the lines of like, you regret the small things that happened. Like you wish you could have like, you know, especially with like the whole pandemic, like you wish you could have like hung out with like this friend a little bit more, or like there's a little bit like this or like a little bit changed this, that like, I think in the end, like it's not worth, it's not going to fulfill you in life to like worry about these regrets, whether small or big. Yeah. So I think you have like any regrets like, of your own that like like me uh yeah. i mean i think regrets are just like i wish i just like did more stuff in i was just like more involved in like stuff outside of like my ministry um but like looking back i was like i don't feel like i have any reason to be ashamed of myself because i did try you know like, i did participate in vsa i even remember participating in, like some design org because i just wanted to try something new um like that tech cs org um or that tech business org it's like i have done stuff i just like just didn't click or like i was just busy with school um i think there's some stuff where like i wish i just like didn't spend so much time doing like two ministries freshman year but at the same time i feel like you know that did that did shape who i am today and like i have a greater appreciation for like uh like community and friends and like finding a like what does it mean to find a place to belong to or like that pursuit so like i don't necessarily regret it um or i don't like it doesn't keep me up at night you know thinking like 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 i like i don't know if i was like the pilot of like a plane or something and like i like crashed and like i let people die and i'm just like i'm just like dang what could i have done differently you know (laughs) it doesn't keep me up like that it's just more like, oh, at least I wish maybe maybe I wish I like did FSA or maybe I wished I, uh, I don't know, join like try to join. Oh yeah, I also like tried to join like this like this hackathon, like uh, organization. Like they like created hackathons and stuff. I didn't get in, but like, I tried. You know, <laughs> the attempt was made. Yeah. Or yeah. So I feel like I don't know honestly the more i talk about it right now the more i'm just like honestly like i i did try a lot of stuff the first two years of college you know so yeah maybe maybe the main regret is like like not going more out of my way to like talk to like random or new people you know i mean that's just like my main regret but, um 
I think it's just like that's I think for sometimes like people just like they take doing that for granted. So I think, you know, maybe the one plus is like, you know, I don't have that for granted. So that's something I'll be more attention about uh post grad. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a specific one? Um not a specific one. Like I think uh I think I was a lot more intentional in my senior year. Like I I'm not saying that like I wasn't intentional in the previous years, but I really went out of my way to like milk the most amount of fun out of my senior year simply because like college is like a special time in your life and like you want to leave with as few regrets as possible. So that's like the way I was living my senior year. Mm -hmm. It turns out like I still have regrets, but I think that's because like I think too much. Like I I think the process of letting go, like sorting out your thoughts is like, the way to go here because like like as i said earlier regretting the small things is like something anyone can do right but it's like moving forward like not repeating the same mistakes is like where you can like really make do on like yeah. the promise to yourself to like not regret stuff i remember uh i was talking with uh that same friend i hung out with and he was kind of like yeah uh the context is kind of random it's not that important but i was kind of just like yeah if like if you or, you know, if you, like, think about, like, oh, I think it was about, like, like old hairstyles. Like, kind of, like, how in the, in the 2000s, we thought, like, really long, shaggy hair was cool. Like, think of, like, like Daniel Radcliffe and, like, The Goblet of Fire. Or, like, um, I don't know, hair in the 90s was, like, super cool. But now we're kind of just, like, bro, like, what are they even doing? Like, that's <laughs> disgusting, you know? Like, this, uh, this, uh, this fade is what's up, you know? But then, and, like, in the future, we might even be, like, bro, what was I even doing back then? Like, fades are not it. But basically it's kind of just like if you're not i was kind of like if you're not willing to like i don't know like kind of live your like some some people sorry i'm stumbling my words but some people like they're so scared that they're gonna embarrass themselves um or like look back and like they'll be like i'm gonna cringe if i do this so i'm just not gonna do anything you know because like you can't be embarrassed if uh you just lay in bed all day yeah the problem with that is like that's a very empty life you know and like Life is like what makes life beautiful is like the risks you take or like the mistakes you make, right? It enriches it and it, it like lets you, it gives you a greater understanding and appreciation for like the stuff you do to see that, you know? Yes. And then he was, my friend was literally like, yeah, if you're just like, um, if you're like, if you're a person that's like easily like cringed out or like embarrassed by stuff you think about, you just haven't done enough introspection, you know? yeah yeah and i was like yeah that's true like because like if you get past that embarrassing moment like you see like okay what was there to learn or like why was it so embarrassing what does it say about me and then you just move on you know like that's a big part too and i think even just that like like sometimes like i remember my freshman year like there were a lot of embarrassing things i did but if you look past like the embarrassing part of it it's like like in my freshman year particularly, I was doing embarrassing things with my friends together. And the, the, the together is like the key word there. It's like, I, I don't think it like matters a whole big deal if like you're having fun in the moment, right? Cause like you'll look back on it as like a fond memory rather than like something bad. It's like you, like interest, introspecting on it is like definitely like a way to overcome it. Like you don't need to think about your whole like past life as like a negative. Yeah, for sure. Like, like don't don't be stuck in the past, you know, positively or negatively. Or if it was your glory days, or it was like 
Yes, yes. You're defined by like, you know, if you're like a bully child or something and you you, you can't move on from that. But, you know, it's still good to like appreciate like what has happened, you know? Like for a lot of times people are like, I wouldn't change a thing. Like that's such a cliche, but like there's a reason for that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think that's just something like I've come to like learn and understand. Like, you know, like freshman year, it sucks because like I didn't really have I didn't really know anyone and like I was like how do you, how do I talk to people but I wouldn't change like the fact that like I most of the people I knew from high school that I like, talked to like didn't come to UT I wouldn't change that because like I wouldn't be who I am today right yes agree like I feel like I've definitely changed a lot because of that and I think it's like it's for the better you know but, yeah I think uh kind of bringing back sports um the sports philosophy analogy um, there's a documentary that's come out recently. It's Ooh. called The Last Dance. It's covering um the glory. It's kind of it's covering the 1997-1998 Bulls. Um, mainly focusing on Michael Jordan. So, in case of like you don't know anything about basketball, I mean you've probably heard of Michael Jordan. He's like one of, he's considered to he's like arguably one of he's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time in contention with like LeBron James. But yeah, back then he was known to be. Like, he was, he was known for his scoring prowess, and, like, he was super athletic. And, like, the Chicago Bulls basically won six championships in eight years. So, like, 1993 to 1995, and then 1996 – oh, sorry, 1991 to 1993, 1996 and 1998. And then basically they coined the term 3P, I think. Yeah. Mm. Like they made, like, 3P is, like, cool, you know? Um, so then basically this document has come out because, like – um. So they, they filmed it during the 19, like that last season, they won the championship, but like they could never release it. And so like Michael Jordan, cause like Michael Jordan was like, I have the only way they could like film the documentary was if Michael Jordan like had control. So he basically had control when to release it or not. And for the longest time he didn't want to do it. Cause he's like, people would never understand my actions in the, in the, in the documentary. Cause basically like Michael Jordan, he's known for being super, like he's like an he's like the alpha male right <laughs> he's super competitive like he works really hard um like those are positive traits i guess like working really hard maybe not competitive necessarily but like he's like he's like willing to do whatever it takes to be great you know and that includes like a he's like super like he made fun of his teammates like he hated like his general manager for the bulls he literally like the, the general manager for the bulls was like this like short fat guy and like he called them crumbs because like he would have donut residue on his shirts and just be like one time, like there was a clip that was literally him saying like, Oh, like are those pills? Are those diet pills or pills to keep you short? And he was just like, kept on making fun of his weight to his face. And he just walked away. It's so, like, like that's the type of man like Michael Jordan was, you know, like he was super confident. Like he knew he was great. And like, he would like regularly like be like, I remember, like, there was, like, accounts like him, like, a, like verbally assaulting one teammate and then practice because they were scrimmaging against each other. He was like, it's like, you fucking suck. Like, you ne- like you never amount to anything. Like, you've always been a failure. And then he's like, he's like, you can't even shoot. And then the guy was literally so traumatized. Like, they're like, yeah, he, fuck- he basically broke him. And then, like, basically, obviously, like, Michael Jordan is like, yeah, I look like, I mean, he sounds like a terrible person, you know? Like, he literally, like, punched a teammate in practice and then, like, the only reason why, like, he got, like, he and the other teammate have respect is, like, the other teammate punched him back. And Michael Jordan's like, oh, 
you're real, you know? But I think it's, like, interesting because, like, I feel like a lot of guys, like, emulate that behavior, you know? Like, it worked for Michael Jordan. And, like, that's what made him great. Like, that's honestly, like, it's super hard to win, like, six out of eight years. But how they did it was, like, he just had that competitive fire. And he, like, like his reasoning was, like, I have to bring everyone to my level. Like, that's why he was so intense in practice because he's, like, if you can't keep up with in practice, like, how are you going to keep up with it in, like, the actual playoffs, you know? Like, I have to know that I can count on you. So that's why he's willing to do it. And I think it's interesting because, like, I was like, you kind of you kind of brought this up too. Like, like when, like whenever you're in FSA practice, like people kind of go for like the flashy play, like full testosterone. They're basically you're like, there's too much testosterone, you know? Like they're just trying to show <laughs> off, right? Like, I think it's interesting because, like, I feel a lot of that was like kind of impacted by my, Michael Jordan himself because, like, he was known for like being able to dunk. Like he had so much athleticism, and like he was seemed like he was just doing all like this cool new stuff, but like. What gets lost is, like he, like, he practiced the fundamentals, right? Like, his desire wasn't just to show off. His desire was to dominate, you know? I feel like people, instead of, like, learning from the purpose, they kind of emulate the outside behavior where, like, okay, Michael Jordan is an alpha male. How did he win? Okay, he was super dominating, and, like, he was, like, a dick, basically. And I have to be like that in order to, to like, win, you know? Yeah. And I just think that's, like, super interesting because – I don't know. It's just like, do you need to do that to like win maybe in sports or real life? Cause like, if you also see in like a lot of like history, a lot of like great men were not good men, you know? Like if you look at like, I don't know. If you look at like how a lot of like CEOs became billionaires, like they didn't just get there through hard work alone. Like they had to like take people down, you know? So I was kind of just like, it kind of just made me think about how like, when you you should when you idolize people, you have to recognize the, like the flaw, you know. And especially in like today's age, where like if you find like a, a like a mistake a person made, you're usually like, oh, like I'm going to end this man's career. <laughs> but then like honestly, like like when I was like watching the trailers because I got I got super hyped from the music and stuff, I was like, I was like, is that? I don't know, like. I was honestly kind of starting to think like, you know, like, is, is, is this necessary for greatness to happen? You know? So yeah, what do you think? I think that like the, alf- the alpha male, like archetype is definitely permeating in a lot of mainstream sports. Like, like the, the existence of like trash talking, like, I'm not going right. to say it's chalked up to Michael Jordan, but like it's super popularized ever since then. Like, like Conor McGregor, for example, like, he's so famous. He's even called notorious. Like, he, yeah. he's literally famous for, like, trash talking and being larger than life and just being that alpha male guy that will, like, fuck you up, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's literally in a combat sport, which allows him to excel even more because, like, you, you take it to, like, you take it to them, you know? Like, you're yeah. sanctioned to fight them. Like, you want the mach- mach- machismo, basically. Like he's yeah, and, like, I think a lot of, like, the UFC is what I primarily watch is like driven by these like trash talks like a lot of the fighters don't act like that normally they just trash talk to talk up the like the pay-per-view right and likewise like a lot of mainstream sports similarly like reflect this attitude of like the alpha male is the one that like you know he like pops off he's also working hard and he's like shitting on like all these other people like excellence is i feel like determined by like how dominant you are and being dominant is like shitting on your people and making it look like so Mm. and so like Mm -hmm. i think that's like 
super interesting when you brought it up to me initially that like it it's like so larger than life and it is like it expanded outward to a lot of other sports more than just basketball yeah because i remember like michael jordan had a pretty big impact like there are like studies where people are like yeah i went to like this random like african or like asian village and like you would see like kid like little kids like in tattered like michael jordan jerseys right yeah like it's crazy to see like they're even the same like i want to be like mike you know yeah like even like you know jordans are still popular to this day you know yeah and they like repopularized with the like sneakerhead like hype beast sort of like movement and also alex brought this up to me earlier like one of the earlier i think the first like music of like twice one of the members is wearing it the michael jordan jersey yeah and like it's kind of like how even like like this is not necessarily michael jordan but like because, like, to them, they're just wearing a jersey because it's cool to wear a jersey, right? Because, like, in Rays, like, you see people wear, like, throwback jerseys all the time. Yeah. But, like, it's just crazy to see, like, his legacy, like, permeate just past sports. But I don't know. I just thought it was, like, interesting because, like, a lot of people bring up the idea of toxic masculinity. And they're usually, like, they usually contrast um, – they usually contrast the idea of, like, an alpha male with it, with toxic masculinity. They're like, okay, guys are expected to be, like, the alpha male, right? If you're beta or, like, you're, like, more quiet. Um, soft-spoken like you're weak you know like you failed as a guy um but yeah i was just like i don't know because like we we glorify michael jordan honestly but it's like i don't know i don't know if it's like if like watching this documentary will people change their minds about him, right because in their minds like what he did worked you know so i, I guess in the real end of the day is like do the ends justify the means Personally, I don't think so because like you said, you brought this up earlier in like, you know, just random like sports practices, like people are just like prioritizing like these flashy plays like, oh, I have to be the Chad, you know, I have to like fuck up all my opponents, I have to fuck up my team too. I want everybody to know I'm the best. And it's like, that's just not enjoyable in team sports in my opinion. Like if you want to be like that on your own, like in an individual sport, like fighting or like tennis or just something like that. Like you can just go do that, you know? But I don't think in any team environment, it's like, it's, I don't think it's conducive to teamwork. And I also think like it, you eventually are like, if you get really into it, you get into this mentality where you breed haters. Like you are breeding hatred within people around you. And it's like so toxic to be around it. I think it's just like a terrible personality trait to have if you develop it further down the line. Yeah. For sure. I guess, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, kind of like, okay, you might think that for yourself that like, I will do whatever it takes, but like your actions are affecting other people and they're influencing people to be like, oh, like this is what it takes, even though like they're not necessarily doing it for the same reasons as you. Like they're, yeah. instead of like from like the internal to the external, they're kind of going from the, they're letting the external affect their internal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I remember like in a lot of ways, like, when like Jordan like dunking and like doing all the flashy stuff like it made kids like not practice the fundamentals or not care about defense when like he actually he actually only practice like he when he practiced he practiced the fundamentals or like he practiced like he made sure he hustled on defense right like he never practiced the flashy stuff because he's just like if I got the fundamentals down I can do the flashy stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I guess like because I remember like when I was like kind of thinking about it and like, I was like looking at comments, people are like, obviously this, like Steph Curry is a great basketball player and he's not an asshole. Like he's actually pretty nice. Like even LeBron James is like, like he hasn't gotten into any of like, he's not super flawed, like, like superficially as a person. Like he doesn't like 
gamble. He's never cheated on his wife. You know, he's a, uh, he doesn't like party super often or whatever, you know, like he, he like, he's a good dad. He's like present. So they're like, and like, they're like in a lot of ways, like, okay, like those people ended up great, you know, but like, you know, like that doesn't mean that like you have to like act a certain way to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's kind of just like, Oh, like, I wonder why one stereotype is perpetuated over another or like recognized over another. Right. Cause I think even a lot of ways like people, instead of like recognizing that like Steph is great, um, because of his accomplishments, they kind of like downplay it, right? Or even like LeBron, like LeBron doesn't have the killer instinct, you know? Like he chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. Like Steph is like, he can't carry a team by himself. So I'm kind of just like, why do people just move the goalposts instead? Like, cause it's almost like they want, they want like only like people like Michael Jordan, only like people with the like alpha dog mentality to be considered great instead of it just being like a path there. It's like a prereq now. I think part of it is like successor or like survivorship bias is like you focus too much on like the 1% that succeeds. And then you think because they succeeded and they are 1%, it must be the solution. Mm. I think that's like, it permeates society a lot. Like a lot of books that sell well, are basically like successful people writing about how they succeeded, but they are the 1%. Like not everyone succeeds. And I think that's like a, a huge like thing like a flaw in people's thinking is that like you don't recognize that like because this person succeeds, it doesn't mean they'll never fail. Yeah. And just because they fail, like that doesn't mean they cannot succeed. Like, yeah. in fact, failure is what builds success. And it's like, you need to be aware of the 99% who fail. Otherwise you will also end up in that 99%. Yeah. I mean, it's also just like, you know, if you never make mistakes, you're not going to know to not make those mistakes. You know? Yeah. Even, even Michael Jordan didn't make varsity, you know, all four years of high school or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I just think, uh, yeah, I just think it's interesting. Cause like in a lot of ways, it's like, even in like work culture, like if you're not, like if you're an introvert, you're kind of seen as like submissive and like, and I know in Western society, it's almost kind of like, if you don't talk, like, you, you don't think, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it will be, I think it's interesting to see how, how, um, sorry, my mom is, my mom is, like, trying to tell me to sleep. But, yeah, I guess we'll wrap things up pretty soon. But yeah. Another comment I'd like to make is that, like, just be like, there's multiple ways to success. Like the dog mentality, like is proven to like get you there. Right. Like you you can see like MJ and other like sports legends, like the dog mentality is not like, I'm not trying to say like, you should never have it. If you have it, like, if you have it, like this, who you are, you know, like if sometimes like you have that like killer gene and you just have it, like go for it, you know, but that doesn't mean like that's the only method of success. Like, I think there's so many viable ways to find your own success. And sometimes success isn't what, even what you expected it to be. Like, I know a lot of people that like ended up in their lot in life, like, and they would have never even imagined, they didn't even know what it was that they ended up being and that they are it, you know? Yeah. I think uh, one other thing to recognize is just like, um, if you do find something that works for you, recognize that it doesn't have to be the way for everyone else. So you, you don't give like, you don't like give like forceful like advice, you know? Yes. Cause like, I think trying to like push people to go one way or the other 
it's like ultimately like what can end up being like their downfall you know yes like you may think you're helping but like in reality like you're just like harming them you know yeah like i think this is especially true for like relationship advice like Mm. just because it worked for you like you haven't dated everyone in the world like you probably don't date that many people period right so it's like your advice is only applicable to like you especially since like my friend told me this a while ago but i think it's like really good advice for relationship advice generally is like 99 percent of like relationship advice is just like abstract bullshit and the rest of it is like the one percent of the abstract bullshit you run with like in the end the this total summation of it is it's abstract bullshit it doesn't matter of like what you draw meaning from yeah in a lot of ways it's like we tend to really value people with a lot of experience but a lot of times like their experience only matters because like that's is of how they interpret it right yeah so like if you like people who like go through a lot of relationships and stuff like that like that's not necessarily a good thing because that means they haven't really gotten anything from the experience you know they're yeah. making the same mistakes over and over again but like you can't just assume like okay like for them they might just be like oh like i'm going through so many relationships like there's no such thing as true love you know and then like they try to tell people that right like in the end it's like you can't necessarily push that on like other people because like either a you're unlucky or b like you you have not reflected on your, like your actions at all you know likewise someone who's never been in a relationship can also offer like adequate advice because like observers third party viewers of something like are able to see things more objectively and so it's like you can see mishaps like in things that you're observing right and that's why it typically tends that like people like rant about their relationships with other friends because they want that like objective third party view. But what ends up happening is like their friend won't give that to them because they're their friend, right? Yeah. But like just generally, like that is the type of like viewpoint you would want. Is like you want you, like there is a lot of points in life where you need the objective view to like sort of figure out where your direction is, where you're headed, and what you need to correct. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I think a lot of it is just like, like the chess, it's like the saying, the chess player uh, knows the board better than uh, the actual players, right? And it's just because like, they see it from a different perspective. Um, like, even if like, I think maybe one pitfall, even me, like, not even just relationships, like if you experience something the first time, you want to retrace your steps, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of missing out on all the other paths. Mm. Yeah, I think that's also kind of like why there's always a like freaking meme of like people just like, yeah, I've never dated before, but I'm always giving advice. You know, <laughs> you know it's not just, it's not like your, your advice isn't like completely meaningless, you know? But yeah. Like, you know, different people go through different stuff as uh, when they do experience it. Right. That's why the human experience is so unique and special. But yeah. Um, yeah. Start wrapping things up. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of late, you know, my mom, you know, interrupted the podcast anyway. It's telling me to sleep. So as a good son, I will honor her wishes. But um yeah, it's been a it's been a cool it's been a cool podcast so far. It's been interesting. Um hopefully this turns out well in post. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see how it turns out. If it comes out that you it turned out well. <laughs> um yeah, I guess what were your thoughts on like recording over Zoom? Did it feel awkward or did it feel different? I, I, there's like pros and cons. Like one of the pros is that we're constantly like looking at each other. Right. So we're not like constantly like profiles all the time. 
Because I think that yeah. was like a, a downfall because we didn't have a multiple camera setup. But I think yeah. what's interesting is that like being like home and doing podcasts feels so weird. Like we did it in person at my place, but like I just think doing it like with this much agency is really just weird. Because before, like when we did the in-person podcast back in our apartment, like we scheduled like multiple things. Like we'd try to meet up with them before to like give them the rundown, like, you know, talk them through it. And then we'd like have them come to our actual place and we'd like, you know, get them prepped because a lot of people are like scared of like recording for the first time and stuff like that. But all of that, a lot of that is like just washed away. Yeah. Yeah. I think now it's almost like you just hop on and you record. <laughs> to be fair, there's just the two of us. So yeah, like when they're when we bring on a guest, hopefully this works, like it will be different. But like one of the things that we already just like missed was like the claps. Like we Alex is gonna do it, and then we were like, wait, we don't even need to do it. Yeah, and they're just so weird. But yeah. I liked it. I think it's been a I think since it's been like a month since we recorded, like there's a lot of times where like I spoke before my mind caught up to my mouth. Oh, same. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, like, someone just told me, like, it's actually really cool that I can speak really fast or, like, in kind of, like, with, like, meaning on, like, a podcast recording. Because some people are like, I speak really slowly. So, like, I'm kind of jealous. So, in a lot of ways, I'm like, oh, like, that's really cool to know. My ego is boosted. And (laughs) I feel like I'm meant for this podcasting business. Yeah. um, Yeah. So, wrapping things up, you know, we're not experts. We just like talking. I honestly feel like I forgot our tagline because we don't really say it that often anymore. (laughs) We'll have a new tagline. But yeah, this is Nuance Nonsense, and uh, we're signing out. Thank you for listening. Peace.